What's up, y'all? That's what we say in Tennessee. Hey, excited about uh, today. So uh, I'm here in Huntsville, Alabama, which is awesome. It's warmer, praise the Lord. Um, and uh, we're actually here this week. I'm speaking. Uh, I'll be here tonight through Wednesday. And uh, we're speaking uh, and uh, we're really dealing with what we're studying today uh, in this passage. Um, so we're going to be looking at um, specifically verse 14, which is in the context of this whole armor of God section from verse 10 all the way down through verse 20. And this is part two. And uh, last time in part one, and you can look at it, it was focused on the belt. Uh, it's on this channel. And I'm, I'm not good enough to put links yet, but I'm going to get there. Um, but that part one was looking at the belt. And today in part two, we're going to look at the truth. Uh, so it's the belt of truth, not just the belt, but it's the belt of truth. So we want to get behind uh, the text, which is really what we're trying to do with all of this is, uh, you know, um, have these little times where we can get together and take an hour long study and break it down into smaller chunks and, you know, look at um, some particular uh, aspects of the study, uh, you know, in smaller pieces and, and just kind of bring you in to show you, and that's the whole idea with, with this background and just kind of show you where I've been and what I've been studying, what the Lord's been revealing, um, using the tools that are available to us, which are awesome. Um, and just get behind the text, look at the words behind the words, so to speak. So we want to, uh, today focus on this, uh, idea of truth with the belt of truth. So let's jump into this. The section we're looking at, again, is this armor of God section. Paul's been, um, you know, writing to this this letter to the church in Ephesus. And, um, you know, you need to go back and watch the entire study because we've got a lot of background for this church, which is super important. But he writes to this church, you know, this whole letter. He comes to the end and he really just kind of punctuates, just puts an exclamation point on everything he's been talking about. And he's listing um, our identity and who we are in the heavenly realms, that we are physical. We live in a physical world. We have physical issues, you know, physical problems, physical good stuff. But um, he is making us aware that we are participating in the spiritual realm and we are equipped there. And so he lists for us here in this section, specifically from verse 14 down through verse 20, these blessings of the Lord uh, in our life that are spiritual, that affect our physical reality. And that sounds so complicated, but it's not. So he's talking about who we are. We are spiritual beings. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit moving in our life affects the physical world in which we live. Now, he begins in verse 14 with this first aspect of our armor, and it's called the belt of truth. Verse 14, the whole verse reads, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around our waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And what we're focusing on in this first study, because we look at the belt, belt of truth, and then we're going to look at the breastplate of righteousness. We're focusing on stand firm then with the belt of truth. This is the second, uh, second part of this study. The first one dealt with the belt this one we're dealing with this term truth and so let's 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 look at it when when we're talking about truth uh of course it comes from let's highlight it and bring it up over here um i love this definition here from uh spiros zodiades in his word study what is this thing i always get it the complete word study dictionary new testament um i love i love how he does how he, he puts this here and i've highlighted it um you know aletheia which is we translate obviously truth, 
It's true truth, but reality. The unveiled reality lying at the basis of and agreeing with an appearance. The manifested, the veritable essence of a matter. So when we're talking about truth, we're not talking about information and we're not talking about correct information, which we would call facts. We're talking about truth. And what's so significant when you get into the New Testament, I mean, John uh, chapter 14, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Jesus is the truth. So this is really, really, really significant. When we're talking about truth, we're not, we're not, again, we're not talking about information and facts. Satan has that. What we're talking about is a person. So to live by the truth is to live by the lens of that person. I see my world the way he sees it. I feel about it the way he feels about it. To walk in truth doesn't mean I walk in facts and information. It literally means that I'm guided by how he sees. I get into his perspective because irregardless of the facts, how he sees something is true. So Let's, let's put this just immediately. Let's put this idea of belt, which is this loins idea. And let's make sure I get that off. Let's look at this loins idea, which is strength. It's our core. And, and, and what's going to keep us standing is truth. What's going to keep me standing in the midst of the lies of the world in which I live all the different kinds of things that are going on in our world, all the proposed ideas and influences, the things that are said about us. You know, I have all kinds of opinions of me, but I care about one opinion. I care about his opinion. Why? Because his opinion of me is truth. Let me give you an example of this here. Um, if you look here on your screen, we're going to go to uh, Romans chapter four. And uh, this is you know, of course, a part of a longer section, but this whole aspect is on Abraham and how he was justified by faith. And it's super significant to understand the idea of justification because, you know, justification is literally about us being justified spiritually. And so, you know, it, it, it's the truth of who we are. And I love this definition here. Uh, if we can just look at justified really quickly, bring it up. In the case of this word where we get justification, it means to bring out the fact that a person is righteous. And I don't like that word fact, but it's the idea that I have been made righteous the moment that you and I believe I am righteous. Now, let's put this first off in context. Um, when we're talking about being justified, we stand before God and we have, God has done justice um, on Jesus for us, which is a whole longer uh, a whole, well, maybe I'll do a, a video on that sometime. But the idea is, is that when I stand before God, I, I've been justified. Uh, and it's not in the Old Testament, you could be forgiven of certain kinds of sins. When you go to the temple and you offer the right sacrifice, you were forgiven. But when God looked at you, you were an individual that was forgiven. Okay. So you did something bad, but you've been forgiven. So you're okay. So every time he sees you, oh, that guy's been forgiven. That's not what happens with the blood of Jesus. In the blood of Jesus removes the stain of sin. And you might have read that in a few places. I know in Revelation, we, we, you know, it, it's brought up several times. We have white robes. And it's the idea that you know it hasn't been a stain that I've been forgiven of. I don't have a stain. So to be justified is incredible. It literally means I stand before God as if I've never sinned. Now, factually in our world, if someone were to ask you, hey, have you ever sinned? And you were like, no. People look at you like, dude, you're crazy. 
Because factually, information-wise, yes, on your past, you, you're forgiven. You've done wrong things. People remember and people have seen them. But in the eyes of Jesus, in the eyes of the Father, you are completely faultless. It's You stand before him like you've never sinned, which is crazy. That's what truth is. So truth is his perspective, which is beyond facts and information. How he sees is the truth. His, his, his lens by which he sees is the truth. And so what Paul is getting at here in our passage, this belt of truth, is what is going to keep us from falling over against the lies of the enemy is I'm not going to believe I'm not going to believe anything about my identity. I'm not going to believe anything about my circumstances other than what comes from him. I'm going to see my world through his lens, which is phenomenal. Um, and this is how Jesus lived. Let me give you a couple quick examples of this here. I think we got time to do this real quick. Um, if you were to look at John chapter 8, verse 27, and I got it right here, um, Jesus, Jesus just did not come and do a bunch of good things. Jesus came into our world and lived by the lens of his father. However, the father felt, he felt. Whatever the father was into, he was into. He lived by the lens of his father. He didn't entrust, he didn't entrust, he, he didn't, he didn't trust his own, even his own perspective. We're going to get to some of this, but look, look, I love what he says here in John 8, 28 and 29. Listen to this. Uh, and I've just highlighted this little part. He says, I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He's not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. He says, I do nothing on my own, but I speak just exactly what the Father has taught me. So whatever comes out of the mouth of Jesus is what the Father has, has revealed to him. He just didn't come and, and utilize his own opinion. This is, which is, that's really important. That's really important. Jesus came and offered himself to the Father and was the display of the Father's heart. Listen to how he says this. And this is my favorite. In John 12, verses 44 through 50, listen to this. Jesus cries out and says, When a man believes in me, he does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. Listen to this. When he looks at me, he sees the one who sent me, which is tremendous. He's not talking about when you look at me, you know, you see the father, like, you know, I look just like, it's not what he's saying. He's literally talking about like his facial expressions. You know, I mean, when we communicate, what do they say? Like 90% of our communication is, is not with words. You know, I can walk in and my wife can communicate to me with, you know, tremendous accuracy by just the way she looks. This is what Jesus is saying. So when Jesus is communicating, he's so full of the father that when he's, when he's communicating, it's not just with words. It's literally he can, his expressions ooze the very nature of the father, which is incredible. He goes on and he says, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. As for the person who hears my words, look at verse 47. As the person who hears my words but doesn't keep them, I don't judge him, for I didn't come into the world, uh, I didn't come to judge the world but to save it. There's a judge for the one who rejects me and does not accept my words. That very word which I spoke will condemn him at the last day. Why? Because it comes from the Father, which is what he says in verse 49. For I did not speak of my own accord. But the Father who sent me commanded me, 
I, and I always put in here, not only what to say, but how to say it. So Jesus not only received from the Father what he was supposed to say, but the tone in which he expressed it, which is incredible. So he's guided by the Father. So he says in verse 50, I know that his commands lead to eternal life. So whatever I say is just exactly what the Father has told me to say. So when we're looking at this belt of truth idea, what's going to sustain us, what's going to keep us afloat, keep us from falling over is, is, is truth. And what's truth? It's, it's the perspective of the Father. You and I are called to be you know, in constant contact, hearing from the Father as he speaks you know, he guides, he leads. So all of these passages in the Old Testament, we looked at the belt of truth. These, these individuals were putting their, their trust in, in foreign nations. That's the whole Ezekiel illustration that, you know, they were, you know, Samaria and, and the Northern Kingdom Israel, they were putting their trust in, it, in, in Assyria. And it wasn't like just putting their trust in their, in their strength, but it's literally how they operated how their business, how they functioned in life, their whole approach. And Judah did the same thing. And there's a whole kind of manner of life that we are called to learn from the Father. In fact, let's go up here just really quick at the end. Okay, I don't want to get carried away. But when you're looking at verse 11, we put on the full armor of God so that we can take our get, uh, our stand against the devil's schemes. And this word schemes, let's look it up real quick here. This word schemes, it literally, look at this word. It literally means method. It's his methodology. The following or pursuing of an orderly and technical um, uh, procedure in the handling of a subject. It's like, you know, it's, it's, what we take our stand against in the devil's schemes, it's the it's the devil's methodology on getting something accomplished. So he has a method to get something accomplished. He has a method in which he lives, a procedure. He has a framework by which he lives. You and I don't live by that framework. You and I live by the framework of truth. And what's the truth? How he sees. And so literally the first aspect of the armor, which is our core, and I've talked with you know, weightlifters. In fact, uh, my wife's not a weightlifter, but she's a beast. <laughs> she's, she's like a third degree black belt and she's super in shape. And I got stories about that. But anyway, um, you know, she always tells me that the, the most significant aspect of what keeps her from injury is her core, you know, and this is the first thing that he mentions, this belt of truth. It's the core. It's what strengthens us. It's, it's, it's the strength I'm going to rely upon. I'm not going to rely upon my my own uh, happiness, which is based off of happening happenings. I'm not going to rely on my own personality. I'm definitely not going to rely on my own strength, uh, my own masculinity. Um, I'm going to rely on truth. I'm going to listen for the voice of the Father and be led by truth, which is tremendous. Man, I hope that helps you today. Um, so until next time. Mm -hmm.